Hello, and welcome to Just Punk Enough. I am your host, Andy Harrison. You're listening to KNVC 95.1 FM, Carson City. Thank you so much for joining me on this lovely Saturday night. I have an awesome show for you tonight. I got to interview a Ramon. Why he said yes and agreed to do this, I don't know, but it was totally awesome. Closest I will ever get to talking to a Ramon. Richie was in the band from uh, 83 to 87. He was on uh, three albums as a drummer. He also wrote a bunch of songs, six Ramones songs. He wrote a bunch more than that, but six of them were used. And, uh, man, he's legit. He is a Ramon. He uh, also has a book out, I Know Better Now, My Life Before, During, and After the Ramones. Um, you got to check that out. He's going on tour this summer in Europe. Huge tour. And uh, guy was cool. I was a little intimidated. You can tell in the interview. But that's just the way it goes. I mean, the Ramones were pretty huge in my life. So, of course, I was a little intimidated. But uh, let's listen to the interview first off. And then we'll play a bunch of songs related to Richie and uh, the Ramones. Check it out. So, uh, where did you grow up? Passaic, New Jersey. Yeah. It's probably like 10 miles from New York City, from Manhattan. Oh, okay. And uh, what was your uh, uh, first exposure to music? When did you kind of feel that, that vibe? Well, my brother Lenny, he's five years older than me, so yeah. when I was, you know, seven, eight, he was buying records because he was 13. Yeah. You know, so he was buying all that mid to late 60s stuff and cream and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I was always like, my father always said I was five years ahead of my time. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, it's the, the older brother always, uh, mm-hmm. my older brother got me into music as well, so it's, it's a pretty valuable thing to have. <laughs> do you remember, mm-hmm. do you remember some of those, uh, so, some of those records he exposed you to? Well, all that stuff, like, you know, my brother was a horn player, so I wasn't just exposed to like Cream and uh-huh. Zeppelin or any of that. I was exposed to, you know, Weather Report and, oh, okay. you know, all that kind of stuff too. That's what I grew up playing, really. Yeah. Into my twenties, I was in like you know, eight-piece horn bands. Yeah. You know. So did you? Um, you when did you decide that you kind of wanted to be a musician? Was this a young thing, or was it later in life? I don't know, a musician. I knew I want. My parents always, um, at that time, we had five kids. I was the middle child, and uh-huh. um, this was before, like, uh, you know, internet and all yeah. all that stuff. So For sure. they made a, each kid learn an instrument. You had to pick an instrument and learn it. Yeah. And whether you stayed with it or not, but it gave you responsibility of practicing, and they got us teachers. But I knew in kindergarten, first grade, at recess, I would always pick out of that dirty box in the corner. I'd pick <laughs> out, like, the sand blocks or something. Yeah. To make. I would never um, pick out, like, a horn to blow on or anything like that. Right. So I knew at a really young age that, you know, you know, I was always tapping my chest and stuff like that, that I wanted to play the drums. Yeah. I didn't know at that age that I would, you know, do it professionally. Right. No kidding. 
When did you um, get drums for the first time? Do you remember, do you know that? When did I what? When did you get uh, behind a drum set for the first time? No, my parents got me a teacher. I guess I was seven or eight. So yeah. I've been playing over fifty years. Wow. Mr. Hendrickson would come to the house and you know uh, taught me how to read music and all that stuff. So I was pretty young. Yeah. You know. And uh, mm-hmm. you you had your own drum set. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you first? I started. We just get a snare drum. You just have a practice pad. Yeah before you get a real drum set, but, you know, my brother had a band at 13, so Eddie would come over and he'd have his drum set and I'd get behind there oh, okay. and I'd play Wipeout at all the family gatherings and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, so you were you're <laughs> exposed, you know, to live music pretty early on as well. Right. Yeah. So I was playing live from a very young age. I was playing, like, Weddings in Barbets was at 11, 12 years old already. Oh, no kidding. So... You know, I learned a lot from being a, playing live. Yeah. Do you uh, know your first proper band that you were in? Mm, I don't know the name. No. Just, just that some... was in seventh grade. I won Battle of the Bands. Yeah. Um, it had some psychedelic name. It was a girl keyboard player um, and a guitar player, no bass player. Yeah. And I forget the name. I don't know if I had the name in the book or whatever. These are all like all questions. Yeah. You know, from my book that oh, yeah, you can yeah. get. Um, but um, I don't really know the... I forget the name of that band. Yeah. Well, but um, I remember I sang the Guess Who. I was singing and playing drums there, seventh grade. Wow. In the auditorium, and then we won the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. You know? That's cool. Do you know... Do you remember your um, your first introduction to punk rock? Punk Rock was 1975 when I saw the Ramones in Dover, New Jersey. Oh, okay. 75 or 76, I think it was 75. Yeah. And I went to a club in Dover, New Jersey and saw the band. I was like, wow, this is interesting, something different, because I've been exposed to this. Yeah. You know, you know, you only really knew about that in the late 70s if you lived in Manhattan. You right. know, it was kind of different. Yeah. <clears throat> so... It's like, yeah, this is really cool. You know, I remember my friends really didn't like it. You know, we were listening to Yes and shit like yeah, that, yeah. and you know, <laughs> arena rock and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, so that was my first exposure to the Ramones, and you know, I guess you'd call that punk rock. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Do you remember uh, what other bands you saw at that time, around '75? No, not much. I'd no. see another Pretty Face. You know, I was sneaking into clubs. I wasn't 21. Yeah. You know, you had to go to New York, New York State, to get in at 18. Yeah. But I had, but I'd see a lot of, um, you know, cover bands and stuff. Yeah. I remember seeing this band, Another Pretty Face, and I always loved the drummer because he didn't dance. Yeah. <laughs> he just sat there, and uh, you know. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of dancing drummers who yeah. shake around and right. pop around on the seat. You yeah. know, and I learned that from him. Nigel Olsen from um, Elton John. Uh-huh. You don't see that guy move. Yeah. You know, I mean, focus on you know what you do, and you don't need to dance around. Right. So, how did um, what were you doing before you joined the Ramones? I mean, what bands were you jamming? Just, I was in a lot of different bands. You yeah. know, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I was playing the bars in Newark, New Jersey, and Hoboken with well. Uh, 
gym. We had a band called Tapestries, his keyboards and drums. Uh-huh. You know, I was a baby, you know, yeah. he picked me up in his Camaro and we go and I play these bars and then, you know, those clubs had like strippers in the middle and shit, right. you know, <laughs> stripper poles, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I was always playing live. I played with uh, another guy, John Marin. Then I played with my brother a lot. Uh-huh. You know, we did weddings. You know, I never had to work at Burger King. Yeah. All through high school, I was playing live. I'd make more money doing that than wow. anything on the weekends. Wow. And then I was in Velveteen. I was in, you know, Greenmont. Uh-huh. We, have a, we did a single in 1979. Yeah. And, um, and then I was in Velveteen. Then I ended up in the Ramones in 83. Yeah, how did that... Late 82, I auditioned. How did, yeah, that, how did that come about from just an audition, or did, did you know somebody? I used to hang out... Um, the um at the Shirts House, the Shirts were a band that played, you know, with Annie Golden. They played the CBGBs a lot back in the day. Yeah, and they had this big three-story house with a recording studio, and it was like our clubhouse. You know, people slept there. There yeah. was always entertainment there, twenty-four hours a day. We yeah. go there all the time. And uh, Larry, Larry was a roadie for the Ramones. And he pulled me aside and said, you know, the Ramones are auditioning drummers, blah, blah, blah. And he told him about me, and that's how it happened. I'd never met any of them before or anything. Oh, okay. So that's how that went. Yeah. So so that they had uh, Subterranean Jungle out at that time, right? And you that's when you joined? Did you have to... Right. I didn't play on that. Right. But you had to play those songs live and... Right. Yeah, like time has come today and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, I did the videos for that. Time has come today, and um, I forget the other songs. Yeah. That was the first thing I did when I joined the band. I've made two videos before I even played a live show. Oh wow, that's one crazy! One in L.A. and one in New York. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. So did they just give you, um, like, hey, you're in the band. Here's a list of all the songs we're going to be playing. No, they never said I was in the band. No. They said, you know, I think I had one record, so I had to go to Sire and get, like, all the albums. Ah, uh, okay. the songs. Right. And, um, and they never said I was in the band for, like, a few months. Oh, It was really sure. hard, you know. Oh. I was just playing shows and there, and I used to sign Richie Bow. That was my name, B-E-A-U. Yeah. Oh, okay. Instead of Richie Ramon, so for about three months before... It was like silly that I was signing that name, and they said, "Oh, you could sign Ramon now." And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <clears throat> Whoever got those autographs, they're really rare and worth a lot of money right now. Oh wow, that's the crazy! The Richie Bow on it. Yeah. Kids ask me to this day to sign that, and I won't do it, you know, for the integrity and the value yeah. of their records. Right, that's cool, man. So once they said you could start signing Ramon, you were in the band. Yeah, I guess that was it, but they never officially said you're in the band. Right. Ever. To right. this day, so, so it's really kind of odd, but yeah. you know, I had my lawyer give me a good contract for the three album deal, and, yeah. um, and I was on my way, and I was in my first national act. You know, yeah. I was, you know, beating it around in all different kinds of bands, and I was like, oh, well, here I go. This is what I do for a living. Isn't this fun? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was pretty surreal. I would think. Yeah, you know, I'm at twenty five. Yeah. 24, 25, it was, you know, I mean, I was living in the village at the time, you know, because uh-huh. I, uh, in the Remod, I moved there in 1980 because my friend uh, Slash was living on 5th Street and 9th 
mm-hmm. and, you know, Fifth Avenue and Ninth Street, and a really nice building with his mom. We had the whole back of the apartment, and so I ended up moving in there. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, that was some really good times growing up there. Twenty years old, stomping on the streets. Yeah, no kidding. You know? So, did you guys play non, you know, nonstop when you first joined the band? Like, rehearse and then play shows, like right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I'd say within. I'd say well the I heard about it in like December and January. I got the gig by February. We were playing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then when they decided to to uh, record "Too Tough to Die," was was there a lot of like songwriting going on, or was it just a bunch of you know this is what we're doing? You know, show up at the studio. No, everybody would bring their songs to the manager, Gary Kerfoot. Uh huh. You know, Joey said, "Oh, you should write. You should write." You know, so I wrote two songs, and um, we go to the manager and uh, put the cassettes in, and that we pick the songs out of them. Yeah. Well, we're going to go on the album. It's basically Joey Deedy and, right. and me. John didn't really write. Yeah. And we pick the demo songs and say, okay, this is what we're doing. It's funny. I used to have, um, I, I learned, I played all my songs on a little Casio keyboard. That's how I wrote. Somebody put something oh. in my drink and all that stuff. Oh, wow. And um, but in the end, I'd take it to Phil Cavano. You know, he's in a Monster Magnet. Uh-huh. And he would come up and lay the real guitar on it for me. <laughs> wow. So um, it's funny how that went. Yeah. Because so, I don't think, you know, John could have the envision of a keyboard yeah. with the melody. So he put the guitar on it. I take the keyboard off, and that was it. But these were all like little, you know, four track cassette recordings. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, did you um, meet Tommy Ramone before that? Working on that? Sure, album? many yeah. times. Oh yeah. And how was how before was... the session? Probably not before the session. No, no. just before just... the studio. No. No. Okay. The first album was Tommy and Ed. I don't think I'm. Um, maybe I did. I yeah. don't know. You're, you're testing me now. Yeah, it's all good. But, it's all good. Um, How was Tommy, uh, though? Tommy was terrific. Tommy, yeah. you know, you hear these stories how, you know, Mark had to, like, learn the beat or whatever right. or, or whatnot, right. you know. It was like, I went in the studio, and, like, I just said to Tommy, like, halfway, everything good, we're doing what you want to hear. He said, you're doing great. Just keep it up. And mm-hmm. that was it. That's all he told me. Wow. Awesome. As far as how to play. Yeah. So, yeah. So when that you guys, was it. I was on my own. You yeah. know, I was a real professional. You know, I had a lot of knowledge in right. music and and uh, different kinds of music and could read music and you know with the Ramones, it was breaking it all down to simplicity again, but yeah. just practicing on pillows to get my right hand speed up for the hi hat. Right, know? right. So I would hit it on a pillow because it doesn't bounce back. Oh, okay. That's how I developed my right hand speed. You know, that's awesome. So we because Ramon is just like an endurance test; it's an yeah. athlete test. Yeah, I can as imagine. Drumming, you know. Yeah, because there's it's no not breaks. What I was playing before when yeah. I was playing like Billy Cobb, I'm listening like that. Yeah, you know, that was a little more involved. Yeah, I can imagine, man. It's crazy. Um, so you guys put that album out, and then you just toured that very heavily. And uh, how were mm-hmm. those shows after that? What? I mean, how were the shows when uh, Too Tough to Die came out? I mean, was it... You Everything. Know, the shows are fabulous. Yeah. Still you a know, good I response. Mean, everywhere we played, we, they knew exactly where to play, Yeah, what venue they could sell out. So every show was, you know, packed to the rafters. Yeah. 
you know, when you're in L.A., you could sell a couple thousand tickets. When you're in Long Island, you can only sell 600. We were the greatest bar band in the world yeah. at the time. Yeah. That lineup was really, really powerful and strong. It, yeah. was, it was just uh, incredible. So yeah. there was nothing with the shows. And we did a lot of shows. We did about 150, 60 shows a year. Wow. You know? yeah. We played up and down that East Coast to death. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, Drive six hours to, you know... <laughs> Seven hours to Vermont, play and come home. You yeah, know, it was crazy. Yeah. So, how soon after did you guys start writing for Animal Boy? No idea. No. Just constant writing. I yeah. Because I mean, when it must have been actually came about. We never wrote together, so. Yeah. You know. Well, I was just just wrote on their own. We never wrote any songs together. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at like. You guys put out those three albums so fast, you know, 84, 86, and 87, and it must have been just a blur of nonstop writing, playing, you know, gigging, like, I just can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, did put a lot of records out, you know. Yeah. I try to put one out every three years, and yeah. I can't even do that because <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. you know, Dee Dee was a writing machine, you know. Yeah. He, you know, had notebooks of... of Poems and things like that, you know. And, yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, we did put out, you know, a lot of music. Yeah. Was it? And that last album, that's when I left. I didn't even tour on that record. I just finished the record and played Long Island. That was it before the record even came out. Yeah. The uh, halfway to sanity. Yeah. Yeah. So were you involved in any, you weren't involved in any of the songwriting for either of those albums? I mean, you guys would just submit songs. And involved in what? Sorry? You weren't involved in any of the songwriting with the other guys? It was just mostly no. just submitting like demos and you guys would just choose the demo? Or they yeah, would. no, I never, no one ever wrote many songs together. Yeah. You know, I think Daniel wrote some things with Joey because he played guitar, you know? Yeah. So if he just played a chord, he wrote the song, you know? It's one of those type of people. Oh, gotcha. Which I don't really, you know, understand, how, you know? Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I tried one session, I think, with Joey and Daniel. You know, four guys in the room, you know, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. You have a song, if you could find one person you can write with, that's a special thing, but too many, it just pulls, pulls everything too many different ways, you know? I don't have the patience for that. Yeah, I get it. Too you many know? cooks in the kitchen, man. So when you, when you left the Ramones, what were you, uh, what did you do after that? I mean, were you, did you decide that you I moved were... to California yeah. and didn't do much for years and years. I played in some bands around town here in LA. Yeah. Mail order brides and things like that. Uh -huh. And, I don't know, probably after a year, I was like, this sucks, I quit. And yeah, I, yeah. I didn't play drums for like 10 years. I yeah. just quit music. Um, I didn't do much. I was, you know, I was working in some hotels yeah. across the country. I, I became a suit, actually. Mm -hmm. Because um, that's kind of where all the misfits go from the music. They go to audiovisual yeah. in, in hotels. You know, a friend turned me on the gig and... You know, I was enjoying myself, and it cleared my head out. But then after years of that, it was like, well, uh, something's missing in my life. And a girl at the time pushed me back into music, and that's how all my solo career started. Oh, okay. So you got, like, um, 
You have two solo albums out, Entitled and uh-huh. Cellophane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've uh, you've uh, worked with some other guys like Fred Schneider. Yeah, I wrote a song with him with uh, Ron Odita, who was in the shirts. Oh, okay. We knew Fred at the time. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was probably before the Ramones, or maybe when I was in the band. Oh, crazy. Probably before, because I was Richard Reinhardt, I think, on that record. Yeah. So, we knew Fred, and he was doing his solo, and we wrote a few songs. They were really cool. I have a few of them, but he chose Orbit. Uh-huh. And that's what um, he chose to record. Yeah. So um, you worked... Then, uh, you, did you work huh? close? You worked close with Fred? Well, we were in the studio. Yeah. I don't know how close I worked with him. Yeah, but I mean, we, he was we there. We cut this I mean, track in the studio. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's that cool. about it. But I love the B-52. He B-52s. knew Ronnie, and he said, hey, you know, and so we went in the studio, recorded two or three songs. Yeah. I remember one was about the um, the Concorde, you know, the Concorde, you know, that jet that yeah. was flying back then, so that'll tell you the year. Yeah. <laughs> that, it, that it was, and... Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't close. I mean, I knew Fred too, because you know B fifty twos would play with us in the Ramones. A yeah, lot. yeah, I love the B fifty twos, man. It's awesome. So you were on uh, some of uh, Joey Ramone's uh, solo album as well, right? His second one. The second one. I played yeah. four tracks. I think four or five. Yeah. And how'd that come uh, about? You know. Yeah. So I'm I'm close with uh, Joey's brother Mickey. Yeah. So. He asked me to play on a couple tracks. Gotcha. And it was, um, you know, it was very difficult because, you know, it was a drum machine, so I laid real drums on top, you know. I gotcha. Felt the groove, but Joey's vocals were there, so it was like, you know, hearing his sweet vocals in your headphones, you kept looking around the room, where is he? You know, it's kind of rough. Yeah. You know, that guy had such a great voice, he's killer. Yeah. I can imagine. Um... So it's kind of sad in that respect. Yeah, I saw that you. Um, uh, yeah, so you. I saw that you got a book out. And what's what's the name of that book? I know better now. Yeah, and you can mm-hmm. you can get it anywhere at bookstores and Amazon, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I saw that you uh, did a big old. Uh, uh, well, not a big old tour, but you toured Australia last year. Is that? Is that did the Ramones go to Australia at all back in the day? No, no. So that was something new. I've for been you? touring a lot for like seven, eight years now, yeah. all over the world. Yeah. You know, we started another big one in Europe, March third, five weeks out in Europe. And yeah. I've been to Australia a few times. Never went there with the Ramones. Never went to Spain. Never went to Italy with the Ramones. Yeah. Only went to England and South America. Right. With them, but we played the states a lot. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so now I've gotten to see all these places on my own. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I was talking to Joe Queer a while ago, and he said that you, um, CJ, and him were going to do uh, some some show together. Did that already happen? No, and it's it's always the same thing that's been talk about this for two years oh, now. Gotcha. You know, and it's never really. It's never really come to surface. CJ and I did a show in, um, you know, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. So we did one show like that two years ago, two and a half years ago. Okay. We were going to do some festivals, me, Joe, CJ, and, you know, um, 
what's his name from Screech and Weasel? Ah, uh, Ben. Yeah. You know, I thought that would be like a nice attraction, but it never, never really comes to surface. You know, because yeah. that would be like a little bit of a super group, and yeah, you know, you get a lot of money for that. Yeah. But it all comes down to that, and it all comes down to playing all the monk songs, and you know, you know, for me. It's difficult because I was in that lineup yeah. and nothing sounds like that. Okay, right. I don't care who's playing it with you. Yeah. It doesn't sound like John playing or Dee Dee playing yeah. with these thunderous drums and Joey singing. It's all, you know, as, ma as many songs as I have to do in my set, because I do do some Ramon songs as well as my own material. Yeah. It's still, you know, I pick the real tough songs, you know, but uh, that kind of work for me in my voice, but, you know, it's just not the same. It just doesn't sound the same. Yeah. It was the way that we played, you know. I was like this solid, you know, it was a different sound than with Tommy or Marky. Tommy was loose like, you know, Charlie Watts. They had that nice little loose punk sound. Yeah. But by the time it got to me, I was just like a <laughs> locomotion where everything was solid. It was just right on the beat, pushing solid, and you know, and Dee Dee played around that. Yeah, you know, I just went and they found their way around it, and John found a way around it, and the sound really worked well that way. Yeah, you know, you see a lot of guys try to play Ramon songs, and they're all like, they're all like that, and sounds too like machine gun. Yeah, you know, that's not the way we played. We had like a a swing to it, like ding 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 You know, it swang. Yeah, it's just. Just like you see people, they go, oh, you could play ACDC, it's real simple. No, you can't. <laughs> you don't sound like them. Yeah. Why? First thing is, you know, what's his name? Phil, you know, he's got like 20 drums. He only plays two of them. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Kick and snare. Right. But as solid and grooving as can be. Yeah. And that's what works. Yeah. You know? You know, and that's what makes that sound. Try to find a drummer who's going to do that. Yeah. They're not going to want to do that. They're going to want to double pedal in there and put these those kind of fills in there that don't make any sense. It's, you know, drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, the kids today with these double pedals, they don't know. They never develop speed in their wrist anymore. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. They're so used to just making their feet fly, and every fill is like that, that, boom, boom. Boom. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. like, no, Louis Belson, he didn't, he didn't use the double kick that way. He may use it, you know, in particular songs, but they just pound out that double kick the whole time. And that's the only like riffs they learn. Yeah. And, you know, then just not learning. They didn't grow up on Buddy Rich or, you know, John Bonham where yeah. he used one foot. Yeah. It was like he had three hands, you know, I mean, the syncopation was, yeah. uh, was incredible. Yeah. So. So that's just my taste, you know. No, I get it, man. I I, I love it. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for telling me. I wanted to ask you: Were there any bands when you were on tour that you got to play with that you that that stand out to you as somebody that some bands that you kind of looked up to or were super impressed by? Uh, uh, I don't I don't know. No. Nah. Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool when we were playing a festival with you too. Yeah, and you know. Usually the, my peers never come say hello to me, but yeah. who knocked on the door? Martin, the drummer. Yeah. And he was a big fan of mine. If you watch the way that guy plays, he's just really steady and simple. Yeah. He's kind of got the same vibe I have. Right. But uh, we didn't really, you know, 
we had a lot of opening bands. I mean, you know. Yeah. You know, I can go through the string of the Circle Jerks, the Dead Kennedys, all that shit. Yeah. yeah. That was all great. Yeah. But I never really honed in on any drummers. I got you. Know? you. Yeah. I still, you know, I still went with Buddy Rich and John Bond. And yeah. Buddy had the speed and John had the finesse. Yeah. If you could be half and half of those two guys, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, and you know, with the Ramones, you couldn't, you were, you were restricted in your playing. It had to be extremely simple. You couldn't play a triplet. If you went da 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 da, forget yeah. a job, John would be lost. Yeah. But it was none of that. It was just, you know, make sure it was two and four and right there. And, um, uh, and, but I guess it worked, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, um, so that's how that went. Yeah. Do you look back on those memories and, and it, are they fond memories? Yeah, they're all fond memories. Yeah. yeah. Come on, I was in one of the greatest bands I, yeah, of exactly. all time. Exactly. You know, it's not going to be people ask that question, what was your best show, your worst show? They were all great. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I mean, but as a kid, and you're 25, 20, you know, you don't, you don't really, um, how do I say you're in the moment there. You're not really yeah. thinking, I should save every yeah. one of these tour T-shirts. You know, I'm lucky yeah. to have like one T-shirt from the 80s yeah. or, you know, all those vinyls. I don't have none of that. You yeah. know, all the rare vinyls throughout Europe and the singles they would put out and all that. You know, you're just in the moment and you take it for granted. Yeah, you totally. know, it's like, this is it. And, you know, you're not thinking of you know, the future and whatever, you know? Yeah. You're just there, right there, having a good time, enjoying yourself. Yeah. But, you know, it's all great memories. Yeah. All, all wonderful memories. Well, good, man. Uh, what's next on the horizon for you? Just this tour in Europe starting March 3rd. And, um, I'm going to, like, a lot of crazy countries, you know, like yeah. Bulgaria and Czech Republic and all those places. And, um... <laughs> So I'm doing that. I'm finishing up another record, which I got to get out this year. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I just keep, I'm very difficult, you know, like <laughs> I want every record to be better. And I yeah. really topped my first album yeah. when I wrote Cellophane. And now I want to top this one. So it's taking me longer. Yeah. But then again, I spent almost two years writing that book. So yeah. that kind of took away yeah. time and thinking about that. So we'll try to get another record out. And then the usual thing, do some East Coast dates, you know, a lot yeah. of playing, writing, and um, sure, we'll go down to South America again and um, stuff like that. That's so, cool. just That's staying cool. busy doing this, and, you know, and when I'm home, I play golf. I love yeah. to play golf. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I really appreciate you talking to me. I can't even believe sure. that you even said yes that you would talk to me, but I thought I'd try. Why? And I don't know, you know, I just. I don't know. I I look. I I really look up to you, and you know, I I just uh, you're just a regular guy. I just don't have like none me. of that tradition. Man. Oh, I know. You know, it's all. <laughs> you know, they call me South America's the people's remote because yeah. I'm. I'm just you know I'm just like you or anybody else. Yeah. I just have this job. Yeah. But that doesn't. There's no other difference. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not one pedestal above you no, or I below you. We're all the same. I get it. I, I get just it. have this job, and I have to go out there and entertain. So yeah. it may look more godly yeah. when I'm doing that, but, uh, you know. I know. I get it. Just I a just... regular guy, dude. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time to even talk to me, man. So uh, 
sure. I wish you luck with, with what you're doing. I'm a big fan, and uh, I love the solo stuff, okay. and I love the Ramon stuff, and uh, thank Great. you so much, man. No problem. All right. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, too, man. There you have it, Richie Ramon. Boy, that was a cool interview, man. I am glad he actually let me talk to him. It was weird emailing back and forth, and uh, I didn't know a lot about him. Did some research, but as you can tell, some research I didn't do. Um, That's the closest I'll get to talk to a Ramon. I'd love to interview CJ one day, and uh, I'm going to try to make that happen someday. In person, of course. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And uh, again, you can go to justpunkenough.com. Check out the full show there. And uh, spread the word, man. We're doing a thing here. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.